Hey, welcome to Sound Guy Tips Podcast. My name is Jonah Kay, and this week I have an interview with Justin Melly. He is a studio engineer and producer, um, and he also has toured around North America and Europe as a front of house tech, uh, front of house engineer for the band Crownlands. And he's done a lot of work over the last couple of years. I was able uh, to work with him and we ran a stage at Riverfest in Alora last year. So that was a really fun time. So I gave him a call a couple of weeks ago to catch up and see how he was doing through all of the last year of touring, as well as having to deal with everything being shut down uh, with the virus in place at this point. So without further ado, let's get it going. Welcome to Sound Guy Tips. I've created this show because I am dedicated to sharing as much knowledge as I can about the world of live sound. Listen, getting into the world of live audio can certainly be intimidating, but I'm here to teach you the technical aspects, key mindsets, and how to thrive socially to stay on top of call lists, land an awesome house gig, or get yourself on retainer with a great touring band. So this is Sound Guy Tips. Now, can we cut this music out? Oh, man, I'm sick of all this inspirational crap. There we go. That's better. All right, Justin, what's up? How's it going? Good. Good, man. How are you? I'm um, pretty good. Um, yeah, thanks for joining me. So, absolutely, just, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Um, I'm just trying to get a hold of of people that are, you know, kind of stranded at, at work right now, and and you know, get some information out of them. So, <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. Well, I think we're a lot of us are in that that same boat. So it's uh, it'll be it'll be good to chat. Yeah. Sure. So, how are you holding up with the the whole COVID nineteen outbreak? Um, I guess, I'm assuming your schedule is basically blank at this point. I'm. Uh, also working sort of a lot in the studio. So I'd like, that's, I would say takes up the majority of my time. So, you know, with studios being closed down right now for the most part, um, that's, that's definitely taken a lot off my plate. Um, I had another tour. I just came back from Europe. We were kind of briefly talking about that earlier. I'll, I'll recap that story in a second, but um, we, I, I had a tour booked uh, in May in Europe for, from uh, till about mid June. And so that's, that's been canned. Um, what else? A bunch of festival dates in the summer have obviously been canceled. Okay. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's hit hard, you know? And I mean, obviously for me personally, but I know like I, as I was saying, I just had come back from, uh, from Europe. So I, when I came back, it was because of our, the tour that I was on it, it got cut short, um, obviously because of COVID-19. Yeah. So you were just there. Yeah. So like, tell me what happened. Like, how did you get Yeah. Home? So, so we, we were in, um, we had spent 10 days, traveling from glasgow all the way down to london um playing shows kind of sporadically throughout the uk north U- north of the uk and and then down into london um and then when we were traveling over to brussels things were a little weird like there was a lot uh, looming um in terms of you know what was going on nobody really knew uh we we did know that uh governments were talking about putting caps on on events and things like that 
but as far as as we knew at that point all the shows were good to go so we were sort of you know business as usual um we jumped on the ferry to to europe from dover i think it is and the band i was on tour with is dizzy um a great canadian like pop indie pop band and um this band from the uk called oh wonder they were dizzy was supporting oh wonder so uh, tom oh wonder's tour manager shot us a text and he said uh brussels show has been canceled government said we can't have anybody uh any gatherings more than 500 people and it was right. 500 people at that time so it was very like very early stages so obviously we were very very bummed so we had already spent the day off no show the next day was supposed to be a show ended up being an you know uh accidental day off we walked around brussels and and um you know met some locals and had some beer and you know got the waffles did the did the touristy thing for yeah. a day which was it was fun to like you know kind of clear our minds but at the time we really didn't know the severity of it all and and thinking back to it, it was probably a little crazy of us to do, to do that given what was going on um well it's hard to judge like who knows you know like yeah exactly but anyway fast forward to the next show which was the next day in in paris um we were again it was on the fence on the fence up until literally like a few hours before we found out we were good to go we had the show we played it but about halfway through i think i think it was after dizzy set um about halfway through the show we got word that essentially the rest of the tour had been canned and we were looking to essentially leave from paris the next day to get back to london and at that point we didn't know if boris johnson was going to close the borders and to the uk so we were all you know very very nervous uh but we luckily got flights fairly quickly it was a difficult process like being on hold with air canada for hours and yeah trying to change trying to change things around because we already had flights booked uh for like 10 days in the future so we you know did what we had to do, got to the airport, got ourselves home. Um, I finished my quarantine, I guess today is my last day. Like I'm like today would be technically I'm free, <laughs> but nice. not really, you know, um, I did the 14 days, like one, obviously what they recommended when yeah. you come back. Um, so now I'm, you know, I mean, I'm still just chilling at home. I've got, I'm just, the only thing that I'm going to do is pick up groceries for my fiance. Who's also in quarantine right now. Cause she came back from the States and, it's 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 wild man what a crazy world how how are you holding up oh i'm doing fine like i mean it's only uh for me i'm uh, been shut down out of all work well i mean i'm working on studio stuff but uh yeah. as far as actually doing shows or having to go out into the world uh you know it's realistically been uh, yeah approximately 13 or 14 days now and you know i'm doing fine but you know mm -hmm. ask me in a month you know be like yeah all right this is getting a little bit stupid but <laughs> seriously or in or in six months i mean who knows like where this is headed so what is the first song you like to throw on the pa when you have a new pa that you're trying to listen to oh god this one's an i don't know if it's embarrassing or not i like the black keys okay um overall uh but for me the reason i like this song i i throw tighten up up like on the pa for like sort of as my first go-to yeah um mainly because of what it gives me like in terms of a frequency spectrum there's a lot of lows there's a lot of highs um and there's a lot of weird mid stuff that i can, i find like if i can get the rooms sounding good with that playing and it and like it, it'll it usually for me anyway it pokes out any 
you know, problem spots. For sure. What was the track again? Uh, Tighten Up by Tighten up. the Black Keys. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll have to look it up after and have a listen. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then and then Africa as well is another one. Oh, yeah. Um, by, by Toto. It's I'm a- always doing Rosanna, so. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Um, so working with Crownlands, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I know you do a lot of stuff with Crownlands, obviously, yeah. um, and it must have some challenges. So kind of walk me through how you do your channel layout, seeing as it's, uh, you know, it's a two piece with the bass organs and the drums and the vocals and everything. So totally. how would you lay that out on the desk? So I've actually got, that's great that we're talking about this. I'm sitting in front of my computer. So I'm going to, I'm going to whip out the uh input lists that i've made throughout the years for those guys sure well because i there really there have only been kind of two iterations and it was the first the first one would have been um when they uh started out sort of you know the two amps no keyboards really on stage other than um the foot keyboard which he's already like he's always kevin's always done that right um and then cody's kit has sort of just grown from the classic like four piece and a couple of symbols and hi-hat type of setup. Um, so let me see here. Uh, the, okay, here, yeah. So 2019, that would be probably the most recent. Yeah. So this one is sort of the expanded list, but we've got, uh, I start with just a single kick mic, um, and a snare top and bottom. Yep. And then, and then I go with hi-hat, um, rack, tom one two and then floor tom uh and then ride and i like to close mic my cymbals just because uh with this particular setup only because he has there's a lot of intricacies that he does that's like it's definitely a little harder for the overheads to pick up but the overheads are nice for like an overall image of the kit um itself so i do still have overheads after that as like nine, nine and ten and then so and then he's got he's added um couple of concert toms okay to his setup so he's got concert tom one and concert tom two and then uh chimes and some chimes okay and some chimes and the chimes mike because he hits the chimes i would say all of maybe three times throughout the set um it acts as kind of like a room mic for the drums um because of where he has the the chimes are right behind cody so Mm -hmm. he like sort of swings back and like kind of swipes them with his arm like that but but with the mic where it's set up pointing at him it's kind of like a it's pointing at his back so it kind of picks up the whole drum kit um and and then i i compress it a lot because i have to gain it up to get like the clearness of the chimes but then when he hits the snare it it would blow up right right (laughs) unless i i uh i did a like a a compression thing or or an eq thing so I, i just choose to compress it it sounds really cool and then I'm always checking the phase with that on the snare. Uh, and then, so that's drums. That's like drums and percussion. So it's thir- up to 13 inputs. And then, yep. uh, uh, and then so Kevin's got um, two amps. Um, he did at one point have, uh, f- he had four, um, but, and then he had three. And, and so now he's just got the two. So he's got a basement. <laughs> four, and, uh, yeah, four amps, yeah. I, one for, guy uh, for one guy yeah, i yeah. know i know i know it's great so um so what it started out with to to kind of go from big to small it was baseman trainer um uh we called it mccormick calvin mccormick's a fantastic amp technician and he tours with us as well uh based out of ottawa i'll give him a little shout out if, if anybody <laughs> ever needs any any amp repairs or or if you want to build a, a custom pedal and you have a crazy idea 
uh, McCormick Analog. You can look it up on Facebook. He's a great guy. Nice. Uh, great, great to work with. So he built Kevin and Amp. Um, so we we would use that, and then a, J, uh, a JC forty or forty four or something. It's a, the jazz classic jazz chorus. Um, but this is just a basement and a trainer, and we've got Calvin's amp on this input list as well. And then his he has two Moogs uh, on stage. Right. Everything connect everything's connected to his um, his foot pedal. It's the um, the the Roland um, or no, it's not a Roland. What is it? Ugh, I'm spacing. Um, I think he has it listed on their website. He has all the gear that they use. But um, anyways, it's a uh, it's a foot controller. Yeah, he's got uh, the organ he, feet thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it, it controls MIDI. So he's got okay. the two Moogs that are doing different things. Right. Uh, a JX3, which is um, like, uh, you know, um, polyphonic synth that's kind of got this cool chimey thing going on. And then he's got a B3, which is more of a bass sound rather than like an or classic organ sound. Um, so that all makes up sort of the base, the low end of the, of the set. And then he has recent, Kevin has recently added, uh, a Nord to the, the setup. So he's got, I've got a left and right for that. Okay. Um, and then a drum vocal cause Cody's the, the lead vocalist for anybody that doesn't know the band and then guitar vocal as well. Kevin joins in sometimes. And then, and then the very last input, because we, la- we added this last minute and I just didn't have time to change it around because we just, we did a bunch of shows was a, a gong and nice. <laughs> it doesn't always show up on the set. That's why it's the last input. Um, <laughs> but it's there cause those guys are hilarious and sometimes they'll bring a gong on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It makes yeah, it's all about the show. It's so. it's the vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they've done it. They've done it. I would say maybe three times, and it's cool every time they've done it. Um, and it always gets people like, "Oh my god, that's a gong!" And it <laughs> looks like it's definitely that Led Zeppelin thing. But yeah. I've hit it like once at the end of the set. Um, so it's it's cool. What are some of the go to effects that you use to really capture the band's live sound? Because I know there's a lot uh, going on there as far as sound wise yeah well exactly and there's because there's so many inputs for two guys like it's kind of a lot to to think about but um with those guys i know like they're really into um you know delays and especially cody with with his vocal like he loves the slap back he loves like a nice long reverb um and then like delay throws as well so like a longer delay and that's sort of like in terms of vocal effects, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the vocal reverb is usually like is usually a hall or or a spring, depending on the console and and the plugins and um, and what what's going on there. And then the uh, the slapback is is usually just a single mono, like classic sort of like Echoplex kind of tape slap sound. And then um, the long delay is a kind of like a tape as well with the decay sort of darkening up a bit and uh thinning out um yeah okay and uh yeah so that's sort of and then i use a like classic sort of like just a drum reverb on the kick or on the uh, on the snare and the the toms i don't snare usually put any yeah 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 and sometimes on the actually sometimes on the overheads too i've I've done i've thrown those into the drum reverb a few times and it works cool yeah i'm always interested to overhead treatment because it's it's mm-hmm. very different room to room. I mean, sometimes you don't need them at all. Sometimes mm-hmm. you put them up and you just leave them down. You know, sometimes totally. uh, the, you rely on them to really get the whole drum sound. Uh, it's very different from from day to day. It really is. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, on that note, like having a drummer 
as the lead singer, like, how do you deal with that, with the, you know, the bleed from the drums? Is there like an EQ technique or do you use a certain mic? And then how does that all interact with the effects that you're using? Now, the one thing that I've noticed, again, with uh, kind of similar to that chime mic that I was talking about, the the vocal mic sort of, in a way, acts kind of like a, a room and it opens the drums a lot right. now the the effects are kind of actually cool like there is a little bit of slapback delay and there is a little bit of the vocal reverb coming from that mic like when you hit the snare drum you can kind of hear it a bit right um but i i've really grown to to like it at the start i was like i was trying to get things really like closed off and now do i gate the vocal or like do i just bring, put less effects on the vocal to make it the jar, the drums sound a little more controlled or but then i realized like what the those guys were all about and i i kind of started embracing all of that bleed okay um, yeah because there is quite a bit and and like i mean at the end of the day it works for what they're doing and it definitely was a challenge at first until i realized how to like wrangle it and and the way that i do that is really by just balancing my cymbal mics with what's going on with the vocal because when you're when you're in a doesn't matter whether you're in a small venue or if you're in a stadium when you're listening to sound especially as somebody that's not a, a you know front of house or a studio person they're not paying attention to the subtleties you don't really hear the stereo spectrum of things so left and right doesn't really matter as much it does in some cases but when it comes to drums if you have i've found anyway with with these guys if you have that like a lot of cymbal coming through that vocal mic as long as the vocal's sitting above it which it always is because that's what the closest source to the mic yeah um you'll be fine as long as you're balanced I, I mean for me i balance everything else thinking of that because right that's what people are listening to is the vocalist yeah, so you I mean, have to. You still you, that. that yeah. yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, it's a good thing mm -hmm. to be able to accept the fact that you just are gonna have vocal effects coming through snares and and other loud uh, percussion instruments going into that mic. And that's why when you were you were just talking about the mm -hmm. the chime mic as like a room mic, I'm like, do you really need another room mic on the? Drums? <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know. Um, and really, no. if you if you balance them all, yeah, it could yeah. work great, right? So exactly. And, and but to, to be honest with you, the short answer to that question is no, you don't not in a live <laughs> setting. Um, and that's that's why, like with with the chimes, for example, I don't mic them all the time. Right. Um, there, there are pieces of this input list that, you know, come and go. And, and even since this list, they've added different things. Um, and I will say, too, like, I mean, the the only reason I was willing to accept the the fact that there was just going to be bleed and that's how it was going to be and and there are a few techniques that i've sort of picked up in terms of not not so much a technique but like just pieces of gear mics that i've i've done research on that i've recently acquired and picked up that i'm gonna use for their next sets when you know knock on wood whenever that is um but um like the uh the se v v4 i think it is or v7 um it's uh it's an incredible like dynamic vocal mic it's i believe it's hypercardioid um sounds amazing it's super super soft on the top end and um i've used it on a few vocalists in the past and the rejection's phenomenal um awesome yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna try that out but yeah it's it really fits with the music like the the slapback on the snare drum sounds wicked and he's, he hits his drums so bloody hard that 
that's like, another thing, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. you guys, you got a hard hit, and you know, they have, <laughs> they do, they do have dynamics. Like, but when they're <laughs> when they're hitting hard, they're hitting hard, though, right? Like, so totally, which is another challenge in itself, right? Yeah. Um, so, what is your go-to soundboard? Like, what's your favorite console to use? It's tough to say. Uh, I feel like there's, you know, ridicule attached to this question <laughs> in some ways. But um, no, no, it's I mean, whatever. yeah, I mean, I mean, like it depends. It really depends on the what I'm doing. If I have, if I've got a tour, you know, and I'm, I, we're we're getting a console for tour. Obviously, you know, my number one go to would be a Digico. You know, just based on the sound of the preamps, I've I've really really enjoyed working on those consoles um, because things seem to just kind of come together quickly. Um, and then the, the workflow is pretty sweet. Um, so that, but then if I'm stepping into a venue, I, I'm really familiar with the like SC 48 and the, um, X 32 M 32 brand of consoles. So if like that in terms of traveling without a console, that would be, if I walk into a console and I, or into a venue and I, I see that I'm, I'm a happy camper. Yeah, of course. You just need to know how to use it quickly. That's it. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? Yeah, like it's it, it's just all about whether you're familiar with it. Like, I mean, obviously, you need to know what you're doing and be a be, you know a proficient sound guy. But at the end of the day, you know, if if you know an SC48 over an X32, you're probably going to outperform on the SC48. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a dumb question, just in the sense of like uh, to 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 other people who are who are sound techs, because it's like, well. You know, there's like three or four main consoles that everybody uses. So every you, know, really you know those. And then anything outside a, of that is whatever, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I came across, actually, because obviously it's the UK, I came across a, a lot of um, Pro 2s and, and oh, Pro 3s, yeah. nice. Pro 6s. There was, um, I mixed a venue, I think it was, it might have been Bristol. Um, they had a prototype of the Pro 6, Ooh. like the original prototype before it was even really released the the whoever was building them at the time came around and and offered a few this venue used to be a bbc venue so they offered him offered the the console to the bbc venue to try out and and they i think eventually bought it because they liked it so much but it stayed there and it's been there for for a while yeah that's cool where do you think you've learned the most so there's trial and error at shows, uh, shadowing other techs uh, either on the road or uh, at home or, you know, using online video sources or schooling. Um, for live sound, I didn't really do much in the way of schooling. Yeah. Um, I would say that my um, I've learned a lot more being on the road, like sort of getting my hands dirty, doing the job. Yeah. Um, and it might just be because of who I am as a person. I kind of tend to learn a little bit better that way and do it actually doing something as opposed to watching it happen or somebody explaining it. But there is also something to be said about being on tour with a much better front of house guy than yourself and watching them work and their workflow. And I mean, I've done some really, really cool tours of some phenomenal front of house guys that I'm like, okay, what are you doing and how and why? Like, it doesn't make any sense what they're doing and how it sounds. It's like, it's it's pretty phenomenal and and just the workflow so yeah. but yeah i would say doing the job but do by doing the job you're exposed to those types of people too right right so it's kind of a bit of both there a uh, little bit yeah if whether i'm the front of house guy for the headlining band or whether i'm the front of house guy for the you know the support band 
it's it's all a, a learning experience different but um a very very uh good learning experience have you ever had to deal with language barriers when you're doing a setup or sound check in other countries and like how did you deal with that um the only place that i found funny enough that uh it was a bit of a struggle was actually quebec city Okay. Um, yeah. In Canada. Yeah. They're like, in, we, in know, we don't speak English. Okay. Like deal <laughs> yeah, I know, with it. I know. Deal with I know. It. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Paris, they're, they're great. Like Germany, everybody, Europe, everybody speaks English. No, no. Everyone know, speaks English part. in Europe for, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like that's, that's that I was, I was concerned about my first time going over and I've, and it, yeah. no, no worries at all. Like every, and everybody was so nice. I mean, for the most part, the, there were, you know, everybody, it, it's just people are people, right? It doesn't matter yep. where you're from. You're going to get the, you're going to get when you were starting out what was one thing that you wish you knew right away that would save yourself a lot of trouble i guess more so when it comes to audio um in terms of audio i think it would have it would be um to not push like super super technical here but really not 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 pushing things too hard um you know, like put like in terms of ga- goosing your your preamps and and how much compression and and uh, I found that I learned a- along the way and and now definitely practice this. But less is is a lot. A lot of the time, less is more. And um, if as long as you're doing you're you're making the right moves in terms of mic placement, mic choice, um, where things are sitting on stage, I found that really makes a difference. Then the mixing aspect becomes a lot easier and you don't have to gain things up to make them sound punchy or, you know, hit the, the way you want them to hit. All right. Well, I'll pretty much wrap it up there, but uh, maybe cool, yeah, give me a shout out to where people can find your work or what you're working on currently. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm on Facebook, you know, just Justin Melly. Um, and, and then you can, I've got my, my website, www.justinmellymusic.com. And you can shoot me an email if you want. Uh, you can find it on the website, but uh, you can also, it's contact at Um I'm not only front of house, as I was saying, I do studio work and stuff. So if anybody wants to get in touch, make a record, would love to uh, work with you and chat with you. Awesome. Awesome. And, and thanks a lot, man. Thank you for having me on this. This was, uh, it was fun chatting with you. No problem, man. Thanks for coming and sharing your, uh, your current story amongst the of course. the shutdown of the world i guess so. hey yeah well literally honestly good luck to you and um yeah it was uh, it was a pleasure chatting and uh we'll i guess see you on the other side of this thing all right thanks man cheers man have a good one all right everyone thanks for checking out this interview you can let me know what you thought of it at the sound guy tips facebook group which is sound guy tips uh just search for that in the group Uh, You can add yourself and let me know what you thought of it. I know it's a really weird time with everything being shut down right now, but I hope everybody's staying safe. And I'm, you know, it feels weird, you know, talking about all these things that we can't do anymore at the moment, but I'm just going to keep releasing episodes and, and talking about sound to, you know, stay hopeful for the future and get some more concerts going. So until next week, see you guys later.